Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome into a Friday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here. Uh, as uh, We got some interesting things to get into. Uh, the Bolts last night uh, blow a golden opportunity to get a couple of points in this uh, playoff push. We'll get into that. Uh, Wander Franco's bank accounts have been seized, and uh, the story behind this is crazy. We'll get into that. Uh, the Bucks looking for a, a franchise tag opportunity. Who should they franchise tag? We'll talk about that. And we got some great guests for you today. Doug Wechter will join us from Rays Spring Training. Uh, talk about the Rays pitching staff and what's coming up this year for them. Always fun to talk to Doug. And Eric Erlinson will join us, Lightning Insider, and uh, try to make sense of what the hell's going on with your Tampa Bay lightning uh joining me this morning is tim ham indy car tim from our dallas affiliate dsp what's up partner how are you good morning jp i don't know what the weather's been like all i ever hear from johnny and you guys is how great the weather is over in tampa oh, we've had sunny and beautiful. 80 degrees in dallas all week wow and how about that to continue for a, through the week of february wow no right? we've had, actually we, we've been colder we've been a little chilly uh in the mornings but then it warms up nicely so Perfect, perfect golf weather. Oh, man. I'll yeah. be hitting that uh, little white ball. On the, we have the Gasparil Invitational, by the way, which is out mm-hmm. at my club at Palmasia. It's one of the top amateur tournaments in the world, uh, and it's uh, we bring in some of the best amateurs around, and they love the course. Set it up really, really tough for these guys, and um, it's really a great, great um, – and the weather has been glorious for that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's perfect, perfect golf weather, perfect spring training weather, in the Tampa Bay area, all over Florida. This is when this is when you want to be in Florida. Not in June, July, August, September. This is when you want to be in Florida. Um, so yeah, and everybody's moving here. So everybody's I mean, everybody here is moving to Florida. Sylvester Stallone announced on his show this week. I saw that on Twitter. He's he's moving him and the girls. I guess he has a show where they show the whole yeah. all the Oh, it's and a good show. Like, it's pretty good. He's like, oh, we're moving to Florida. We're getting out of California. They're like, what? We're, we can't leave L.A. We can't leave L.A. He's like, yeah, we're getting the hell out of this. this like they all have to go together. Come on. They're all they're all like they're graphic women. Uh, but I think I think they yeah, uh, their their entire existence is uh, based on their dad. So, yeah, uh, well, sure. I don't think I don't think they're going anywhere without him and his credit no. cards. That's for sure. Um, all right, so uh, let's get into a little bit. Of, you you said you uh, you watched the game last night, the entire Bolts-Capitals game last night. I did, man, because our Dallas Stars were going up against the Ottawa Senators, as they say, up above, yes. the, above north of the border. And uh, couldn't watch it because no one in Texas gets Bally Sports Southwest because it's not on any cable subscription service or streaming service except for AT&T, um, like DirecTV or the AT&T streaming service. That's it. You know, we, we this is definitely an off-season topic that we need to get into. What the F have we done with our sports watching uh, capabilities here? I mean, it's just... It's bad. You know, it, it, way back when, DirecTV came in and it was like, oh, wow. You know, and now it's, it's, a, it's a free-for-all. And you got to have 17 different streaming services just to watch the teams you want to watch. Yeah. It's crazy. Or... You have to have a cable service 
that charges you for 9,000 stations that you never watch. So can't we just, can't we all just get along? Can't we all just have one streaming service that gives us all of our, for the most part, all of our different sports. Um, And you see yesterday, Amazon is paying $150 million million for one playoff game. One playoff game. Do you you know, of course, Amazon Prime, the, uh, the streaming service for Thursday night football the last, I don't know, year or two. Right. Yes. Did you see, and I didn't I didn't know this until I read that article because it was in there, how much they pay per game for thir- the rights to Thursday night football? How much is that? It's an average of $58.2 million per game is what they pay for the Thursday night football package. Well, obviously, it's what I don't understand about Prime. Everybody, you got $100 million uh, 180 million prime subscribers. And that's just not for TV, but that's for the whole Amazon experience. It comes right? with it though. Yeah. yeah. So it comes with it. So you've got 180 million people. So how many more people are signing up for prime because they want to watch the NFL? First of all, you know, somebody who has prime, you're not, excuse me. Yeah. Yep. Allergy attack coming on. Wait, okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. you don't want any part of that. No, I'll hit the mute button. Don't worry. Um, it's like 15 sneezes in a row. It's, an explosion. Oh, that's awesome. I'll do play yeah. by play for it. While yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't want to see that. You, you, actually, when I go on mute and I'm doing that, it might be quite, quite entertaining. <laughs> uh, it looks like he's having a seizure. <laughs> Not oh, an allergy attack. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh. Yeah, so they got 180 million. So nobody's running out to get Prime because you have the NFL, right? Yep. Isn't the main reason you, you do this because you want people to sign up and subscribe to your to your streaming service? But they already have it. So for the Amazon, so I guess I'd sell the, they sell the advertising, obviously. But are they recouping $58 million in advertising for each regular season Thursday night game? See, and that was my question. I can't. Is, I can't. That's mm. the only reason they would be doing that is if they're making – they're not going to lose money on it because you're not, not – gain. I wouldn't think you're gaining a ton of subscribers for Thursday no, night football. I don't think so because, well, I think you would just in jet like for Peacock – they probably gained a good amount of subscribers, you know, for that one playoff game, but it's, but it's for one month and they you know, you're going to cancel it anyway. So it's basically a, what was it? Six ninety nine, six ninety nine. 99, which yeah. And, yeah. and, and it, they paid $110 million yeah. for that chiefs dolphins, uh, wildcard game last year. Yeah. So they get, you know, that that's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta sell a lot of subscriptions. I, I mean, I'm sure they're, they wouldn't be paying for it if it didn't make them money. You know, these are not stupid people. That's why they're ridiculously rich. But it just goes to show you how much how much these games are worth and how much these players are worth. And it's um it's mind boggling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mind boggling the money. But um, you know, good for the NFL and good for the players, and you know, finally good for the college players who are, are starting to get their payment, but still are making pennies on the dollar of what they could be making. I mean that that to me, we know the NFL is rich, and we know that there's huge audiences and everything else. Think about the eyeballs when you total them up. You know, if tell if you were selling, if you if you grab the top 96 Division One A teams, all right, and you said uh, I'm going to package this, package them all together as a TV product, and I'm going to sell them on the open market once again, which is what they should be doing. Like this would scrap the whole thing turn it into a professional model, um, just like the, the NFL. Keep you know, keep all the traditions. Actually, you could go back to the traditions and put these 
teams back in their right geographical conferences. So, you know, Texas and Oklahoma can play again. Nebraska and Texas can play again. And all these these great, you know, Pitt and West Virginia, the great rivalries would would be renewed. And you'd have, you know, people being able to drive to the other <laughs> the games instead right. of USC fans having to come to, to uh, the shoe in Columbus. I mean, it's it, that's what should be done. Imagine what that would be worth. Imagine what that TV contract would be worth because you're not just talking about 32 teams. Yep. You're talking about 96 teams and you're talking about huge ratings when you add them all up for all the games. Holy shiz. And then that money gets distributed to the colleges and to and then finally to the players in form of salaries, not NIL money, which is the wild, wild west, even playing field, salary caps, the whole nine. It's, you know, and people are like, well, we could never do that. You could do it. You could do it's better than the system you have now. It's way better. And at this time of, you know, complete chaos in college football, it's time to scrap it and start over with the modern day, you know, financial existence that we're dealing with here. This is not, you know, as I've said many times, this is not, you know, hey, let's meet in Lake City and have a little football game and maybe we'll sell some tickets and popcorn. We're not doing that anymore. These are. These are hundred thousand seat stadiums that are making ten ten million dollars per game in ticket revenue, and and these these games are worth hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue. Yeah. So let's you know let's do it the right way. Let's stop screwing Florida State with their TV deal. You know when you know Alabama's making twice as much, and we're supposed to be competing with them, yeah. right? And and you know the same thing goes for USF. Let USF you know, share in the same amount of revenue as these, as these other schools. Of course, now it's fraught with problems. The Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world that are the giants, they don't want to give up their financial advantage just, you know, because so everybody else can be in the same pie and have a a level playing field. They don't want to do that. Right. Well, maybe they should be forced to do it because they take public money. You know, it's all, it used to be that way. We always Mm -hmm. wanted a level playing field. We had NCAA regulations to make sure nobody got paid even though everybody was getting paid under the table. Right. So it, it's such a mess now. Now is the time. But I just bring that up because you see how much these games are worth in the NFL. These college games are worth gazillions as well. So, you know, let's let's do it the right way when we yep. have a chance to do it. Um, all right. So let's get let's get into uh the Bolts game last night. And and look, you know, I, I thought they came out great. You know, they came out um, you know, I thought they they played really well early on. And we've seen this a lot. They come out with energy, but they just don't don't get the the goals and the big goals and the early goals that they need. And then you know you get behind, and and suddenly it's 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 a little bit too late. But in the third period, you know you get two goals, twenty four seconds apart from uh, Nick Paul and Taylor Mott. You know some people scoring out other than than Kucherov, right? And that line, and boom! All of a sudden you're back in at three three in the third period. And then what do you do? You leave Rasmus Sundin like wide open in the middle of the ice in the slot, nobody near him. I mean, with five minutes to go in the third period, and he buries it. You know, and, and look, when when the Lightning are winning, and Vassy makes that save. I'm not saying it was an easy save. You should never leave anybody open, right? You know, right there in the middle of the slot, <laughs> middle of the ice. Yeah. But those are saves that when the Lightning are playing well, he makes those those ten bow saves. He didn't make them last night. He didn't make them. He got beat short side a couple times. And, you know, that's that's unvassy like. And when Vassy is not the best goalkeeper 
in the league, which he has not been this year. Mm. He's had moments, but he's not been the dominant guy that we've seen. Then the Lightning are, are kind of an average team. So when you have the best goaltender in the league, you need him to be the best goaltender. I'm not putting this, this on him. It's on the coverage last night. It's always on the defensive coverage. The defensive coverage has not been great. Um, we, you know, last night was another example of that. Uh, he gave up a three on one. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean the, the odd man rushes. Uh, here they come again, just like we saw in the beginning of the season. So that's not on Vasilevsky. I'm just saying we've watched a lot of hockey, and that's the way they, they've given up odd man rushes when they were winning cups. But he, he would make these crazy saves all the time. He's not doing that anymore. He's just like human. I mean, he, he and I shouldn't say anymore. Last night, um, last couple of games, he has not been that guy. And when he's not, the the Lightning look kind of average, especially with with the talent that they have right now. And it's it's you know it's sad to say, but because of the salary cap, they've lost too many great players. I mean, the the Ryan McDonough's, the Yachty Gords, the Alex Kalorns. These are all guys they would have loved to keep, but you just can't keep them all. And that's you know the salary cap is what it is. And this team is just not as talented as those teams. Do they have a chance to be? Yeah, I think they could be a lot better than they are. You know, I've said that they're they're they're, uh, they're there's players that are underperforming on this team, and they need to step up. We saw Nick Paul step up last night. That was a tremendous goal. We need more of that from Nick Paul. We saw um, Taylor Tyler Mott step up last night. We need more of that from him. Connor Sheary. We definitely need more from him. Um, that bottom six has got to step up and start producing more points. And defensively, they just got to be better. You know, you can't be in the low 20s, mid 20s in defensive efficiency and goals against and, and win anything in this league. You just can't. You got to be better defensively. And I don't, you know, if, if it's the new system, the new coaching, the new whatever, I don't know what it is, um, but there's just too many odd man rushes. There's too many guys left wide open. Um, you know, Sundin last night, Kind of, uh, uh, you know, mis- unfortunate that in you know at the blue line, Glenn Denning gets caught up, and uh, forget who else was um, my notes here. Uh, and Mott, Glenn Denning, and Mott get Mott. tied up with a player, and uh, the Capitals player, and Glenn Denning can't get his stick out from under the two of them. He's trying to get back to the middle of the ice, and and by the time he gets his stick free, Sundin's put it in the back of the net. Plus, um, I think it was. Uh, uh, Cole Kepke, who just didn't see him. I mean, you got to look, and, and this is something we, the Lightning have. Chief talks about this all the time. It's like, yeah. stop staring at the two, the, you know, your two defensemen behind the net, and start looking out on the ice who's dangerous and who's coming to the front of the net, and and guard them. And that's that's been a problem. That's been a problem. So you know, you end up last night with a you know with a game as Cooper said after the game, you're 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 tied three three midway through the third period. And you come out with no points at home. That's yeah. three straight losses at home. One to a last place team in Ottawa. Um, you know, one is a blowout to to your rival Florida Panthers, and then the Capitals, who have been playing a little bit better as of late. They've now won three in a row. You know, they come in and they get the best of you here at home in a game you had to win. So none of these are good signs. None of these are good signs. What what did you see last night, Tim? No, and you know, for both of these teams, the playoffs have already started. Mm-hmm. For both of these teams, and Absolutely. the the look that I got from Tampa Bay last night was not that look. It didn't look. To, they did not have the same sense of urgency that the Caps had. The, you know, the three on one odd man rush uh, that that ended up with the the Montegol that 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 was inexcusable. 
Yeah. Uh, and I replayed it over and over again, starting on the uh, the uh, Tampa's offensive zone. And there were a comedy of errors that happened on that play that it just they had no shot. And, you know, I just saw the Caps, again, like you said, 3-3, halfway through the third. It's a game that you have to win. You're at home. You've lost two in a row at home badly. And you're trying to turn things around here to make a run for the postseason. And that's that's the best you got. You know, yeah. it just I, it was it was yeah. just a lack of effort, you know. And again, I know all these guys are trying their pros, blah blah. blah. I get all of that, but man, show it on the ice, you know. Yeah. The Caps just looked like they wanted it more, and like you said, Vassy was not really on his game last night. Uh, a couple of at least two of those goals, he normally stops. You know, yeah. not that they were. Yeah. Again, not to blame him because a couple of those scoring chances were because of defensive breakdowns. Right. And and. You know, you can't put all this on your goaltender because he he makes up for it because he wins you some. You probably shouldn't win from time to time, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So they all balance out in the wash, but just just a better effort from the Caps overall, I thought. Yeah, and um, you know this is this is a proud group, and you feel like they're going to bounce back. I still believe they have one of the best cores in the league, but the, you know you don't win um, in the playoffs and certainly in the playoff push with four or five guys, you got to have everybody pulling, pulling their weight. And right now we just don't see that. Um, so, you know, we've talked about this on this show, you know, who's coming in, what's breeze going to do. I'll be shocked yeah. if he doesn't do something, but I think just in general and talking to some people in the media last night, it just feels like this team needs, needs a wake up call of yeah. some sort. I mean, here's the deal, you know, John Cooper, um, he's been, you know, he's the longest tenured coach in, in, in hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I am I saying his message is getting stale? No, I'm just you know he knows how to coach and he knows the recipe of what this team needs. He knows the recipe of of what it takes to win a cup, and so do the core players on this team because they've done it twice. They know exactly what they need to do. They know exactly where their desperation needs to be. Um, but you know, there comes a time when talent is talent. You know, when you don't have Ryan McDonough, when you don't have Sergeyev, when you don't have you know, not that Sergey was playing a tremendous brand of hockey, but he's a talented offensive defenseman that you need. You need those guys to step up. You need, and Sergey was going to get better. He was going yeah. to get back to his level of play. He's, and you need that. You got to have guys like that. And if you don't, um, you're going to get beat in this league. And especially when you have teams that are more desperate than you. And I think if the if the Lightning are being honest. Like your your assessment last night of that game, I think is is spot on. I'm not, you know, again, Cooper said last night he had no problem with the effort and the desperation. I, I get you know, it. yeah, I, get I mean, he, I think he's trying to. He doesn't want to come in there every night and beat him up. He, he can't do that, right? You just you can't do that. So he's got to try to pick him up and say, and they're close. I mean, you know, last night that's a game that that they should have won. And they had and their you even, opportunities. You even had another Caps goal that was disallowed for an yeah. offside on a on a review on a yeah. coach's challenge. By the way, good review, good challenge by the coach. Yeah, yeah. see that so. Nigel Kerwin in the video gang doing a great job. That was huge. Yeah. That kept yeah. them in the game, right? Yep. And then you know, a couple minutes later, you give up that chance. So mm. you know, I they've got now they've got two back to backs this weekend. They got the Isles and the Devils this weekend, and and you you got to come out with at least two. Uh, like two is a must. I want four. Um, it's because these are two teams that you're, you know, that are around there behind you in the standings. Yeah. Okay. In that wild card standing. So you know, these are, you know, even though they're not division games, they're wild card games. 
So these are worth four points. So you have, you know, in essence, back-to-back eight points here that you have to have in, in going up against these two teams that are chasing you. So it's these are two road games that you got to go out back-to-back and step up and win. Then you got Philly, and then you got a five-game homestand against some teams you can beat. And so, you know, you've got a stretch run here where you got to – it's like you said, Tim, the playoffs have started. The playoffs yeah. have started. You cannot monkey around, at, you know, hanging around the second wild card position because you never know what's going to happen to you late in the season. Don't leave it to chance. And, you know, get your butt in good position. You know, and they, if they're going to make a deep run, they got to start playing better. They just yeah. got to start playing better. And we just haven't seen that yet. So, I mean, you're a uh, point would, behind Detroit. You're yeah. seven points now behind Toronto. You're not going to catch Florida or Boston for sure, you know. No. The, but – those guys are within reach. You just got to play better. Yeah. And we'll we'll do some more uh, lightning with Eric Erlinson a little bit later on uh, in the show. And uh, Doug Wechter is going to join us at 1030. Uh, Eric's going to join us at 1115. Doug at 1030 to uh, talk some some ways uh, baseball. Um, uh, all right. So we're we're in the middle of this this Bucks offseason. And, you know, we, 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 we've seen this kind of window go earlier this week where they could have signed Mike. Evans and, and Baker Mayfield to long-term deals and save some cap space. That kind of came and went. That's not a shock. Uh, you know, they're going to have the franchise tag date coming up pretty soon. It's kind of, um, uh, I, I think everybody believes that the Bucks are going to use that tag on Anton, Antoine Winfield Jr. I would like to see them get a, a long-term deal with him instead. Uh, and then maybe you can franchise your kicker, which would save you a lot of money. Um, and, it's probably something that they would want to do because you want Chase McLaughlin back. He was huge for them last year and franchising your kickers cheap. It's what seven, seven, eight million, I think if, if that, so that would be, and it'll probably be less than what you may have to pay him. Cause he was so, he was so yeah. freaking good. Yeah. Um, the kickers are weird. Like Chase McLaughlin had been on what four different teams before that. And then he comes here and he's freaking perfect. So, you know, but he, he's definitely in a groove. You don't want to lose that. That's that's a that's a winning edge. Just ask the Buffalo Bills right. how important you know, having a you know a money kicker is. Man, that's that's something that you got to get done. So I think, you know, it looks like it's gonna be Antoine Winfield Jr., but hopefully they don't they can work out a long-term deal with him. We still don't know, you know, the smoke around Mike Evans is starting to be concerning. I mean, every time I turn on, you know, the TV and they're talking about free agency, it's like Mike Evans is going to the Jets. Uh, Mike Evans is going to the Chiefs, which makes no sense. They don't they don't have cap room to, to get Mike to fit Mike Evans under there. Um, and they already you know they already showed you that they can win, they can win with mediocre receivers. Right. Why would they go out and pay Mike Evans you know twenty five million dollars a year? That's that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean it, it'd be a great fit for them, but I don't see how they they do that under the cap. If you're going to get rid of Tyreek Hill, why would you go out and pay? you know, uh, exorbitantly for Mike Evans. That makes right. no sense. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see him going to the chiefs. Um, the Texans is obviously, uh, I think where the biggest threat is coming from. That's his hometown, Galveston. The, uh, you got CJ Stroud, you got an up and coming team. That's on the rise. You got, uh, you know, a great coach, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, that, that looks like a great situation for him. And they got tons of salary cap room as well. So that to me is where your biggest challenge is going to come if he gets the free agency. And I think, I think that the Bucks are going to probably let Mike Evans get the free agency and determine his value, because the reports are that he and he, he uh, his team and the Bucks are are white are far apart 
on a deal. And I'm sure his agent is like, I'm going for broke here. I'm, I'm asking for $30 million a year. I'm looking for 120 guaranteed over four or five years. You know, and that's too much. You just, that's just too much. And of course that's what he should ask for. Um, but <laughs> what's his real value. And I think where that's what the bucks are going to want to find out. Where's his real value. And I think the bucks are confident that they've created a culture here and I think Mike would would love to stay and play with Baker Mayfield because Baker loves him and is going to give him 10 to 12 targets a game, which is what you want, right? Um, you know, is that going to happen with C.J. Stroud? You could say it is, but, you know, he likes some of his receivers too. Yeah. Um, they had a great year together. So I, I think the unknown is still there for Mike Evans. You don't know as much as it looks great in Houston. You just, you know, you don't know about the ownership group. You don't know how you're going to be coached. You don't know um, if you're going to fit in their system. You just don't know. There are a lot of unknowns. They can they can say we're going to do this, we're going to do that, blah 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 blah. But but you do know what life is like in Tampa. You have your home here. You have your foundation here. You're entrenched here. Uh, Mike wants to stay here. It was you know, and, and now that there's clarity at quarterback, and I think there is clarity because I don't think Baker's going anywhere. Then you've got some stability. And you, I, I think he'd be comfortable re-signing here. So I, as much as there's a lot of smoke around Mike Evans and where people, and of course he's much in demand, there's no question mm -hmm. about that. Uh, I still think in the end that Jason Light's going to get these deals done. And, you know, I could be wrong. We could wake up, you know, they could hit free agency. We could wake up one morning and boom, there it is. He's gone. But I just, my my gut feeling tells me that the Bucs have enough money where they can they can make this happen. So uh, for those that don't know, March 13th is the beginning of the new league year uh, for the NFL, their, their year, uh, and that is when free agency kicks in. So everybody's got until March 13th to, to re-sign your guy if that's what you want to do, if you want to avoid him hitting the open market. Yep. Um, and, of course, as the editor-in-chief of RavenCountry.com for Sports Illustrated, JP, it's my job to throw out irresponsible reports about possibly <laughs> – And you do it well. You do it well. About why – why the Ravens are in play for for Mike Evans, and of course they're not. Um, they've got 23 free agents of their own that they really need to work on. Well, probably 17 of those 23 they'll they'll make shots at to keep. Uh, Justin Matabuke, their outstanding defensive tackle from Texas A&M, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, is a free agent. They'll probably uh, salary cap or a franchise tag him. Uh, so then I did a little playing with the with some contract restructuring, and if the Ravens restructure mark andrews and marcus williams that'll free up about 26 million dollars of cap space for them because they only have about five right now going into next season wow. and uh so you know what again irresponsibly reporting they could do that and go out and make a run for uh for uh, mike williams mike, mike williams mike evans yeah. do you think do you think with zay flowers emergence um they need a receiver yeah. Uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I don't have Beckham. Beckham's a free agent. I don't oh, think they're bringing him back. Yeah, they overpaid horribly for him last year. He what, they paid him twenty million, didn't they? No, it was so it was fifteen plus incentives. Jesus, and he ended up making sixteen. He made a million dollars of those incentives. Um, but you How know, many catches it, did he have? Like forty? Uh, if that he, he had like yeah, maybe fifty for seven hundred yards. I mean, yeah. not not, and he wasn't. Hurt. I mean, he missed a couple of games, but just with not because of anything serious, but he uh, I mean, man, him and him and Lamar Jackson just never did click. Right. 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 Uh, they brought back Nelson Aguilar, who they brought in on a one year deal last season. 
they've re-signed him, but it's a minimal, obviously, contract. I think it's $3 million for next year, 3.75. Right. Um, I do not see them bringing back Beckham. If he wants to play, he's going to have to play for 7 or $8 million somewhere, and the Ravens just probably aren't going to do that. So I think they're going to go out and try to get another veteran receiver. They can't afford somebody like Mike Evans to pay him $20 million. You can't do that. Um, but, yeah, no, I think they do still need a receiver. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, um, you know, how many great receivers have played uh, well into their 30s. Um, Larry Fitzgerald played till he was 37 years old um, and was very productive. Well, let's see where, where, his, where his production started. I mean, his last – uh, from age 32 to age 37, he played. He missed three games. I mean, that's that's remarkable. In age 32, he had 1,200 uh, yards, uh, nine touchdowns. Uh, next year, 1,023, six touchdowns. Uh, at age 34, 1,156, six touchdowns. Um, you know, at age 35, 734, that's when, you know, age 35, the drop-off came a little bit. He still had 70, 69 catches age 36. He had 75 catches for 804. Look, the number, like the number, the yards going down, right? Uh, 54 catches at age 37 for four and nine. But you remember Larry Fitzgerald being effective late into his thirties. I remember Jerry Rice being effective late into his thirties. Um, can you imagine any other receivers that were really productive into their thirties, man. I was just trying to think that, think about that. And I'm glad you read some of those stats off on Fitzgerald. My question on the Fitzgerald is, is who was throwing him the ball that late in his career? Well, he had Kurt Warner, right. Um, and in the Super Bowl run years, yeah. but that was, and after was a, that it was uh Carson Palmer, I think. Right. Um, so yeah, he, he had some decent quarterbacks. He had some decent quarterbacks. I mean, it was Palmer very, very late in his career. Yeah. And, and um, you know, famously, you know, Megatron called it a career at age 30. Right. And which is, you know, just unbelievable as good as he was. And his his last few years at, you know, at age 29, 71 catches, 1,000 yards. His last year, he had 88 catches, 1,214 yards, and nine touchdowns at age 30. But, you know, obviously he called it quits earlier. So it's, yeah, there's yeah. not a huge uh, resume of guys that have, have, um, you know, been really good after age 30 but mike yeah. seems like he's po he's poised to do a larry fitzgerald he, he he they're the same type of guy hot super high character guy work they work their ass off their leaders in their community on their team like to me mike and larry fitzgerald are like almost exactly the same dudes and yeah. uh, just as their makeup and you know again fitzgerald played very productive into his late 30s so i i think it's worth it to give Mike, you know, some money and a lot of money, maybe just not crazy, crazy, crazy money. But we'll yeah, see. and if if Mike's going to be a true Larry Fitzgerald, right? If he's going to mimic his career, then he's got to stay in Tampa his whole career, right? That's right. That's so right. That's that's, very good point there, Tim. Actually, so there you go. All right, let's talk some baseball with our good friend Doug Wechter, Rays analyst for Bally Sports. What's up, Doug? How are you, my friend? You're talking about giving him big money, but not huge money, like KP Peterson money, right? Oh, right, right, yeah. I mean, once you get into that stratosphere, I mean, you see this lavish set I have behind me. I like uh, it. Yeah, I may have to sell that Taylor Swift signed guitar behind me. Uh, JP yeah. Peterson money is up there with Giselle Bunchen money, right? Not even Tom Brady, but Giselle money. Yeah, exactly. Only. exactly. I, I couldn't pay to get her nails done. Uh, what's up, my friend? You look, you're looking good, man. You got the backwards hat working. I, I, yeah, 
I just got a haircut. Actually, I might have to got a haircut. I got oh, look at that. Today. Look at that salad, bro. Yeah, now he's just rubbing it in that. now. Uh, yes. You know, it's getting more grays every year. Every year, it's funny. Like, the first couple shows, I'll jump on Bally, and I'll look at the return feed, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. My hair's getting gray, man. Like, I'm getting older. What's are going on probably, here? Are you seriously complaining about that beautiful head of hair you have? I mean, look at us. <laughs> look at us. What color it is. Sakes. Yeah. Well, no, hey, look. It looks good on you guys, though. You wear it well. Yeah, you're complaining. Like. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, these guys, Timmy, these young guys with all the hair, right? Professional the athletes, right? They have all yeah. of it. Yeah. The hair, the girls, the money, all of it. <laughs> um, so I, I promised you I wouldn't ask you about Wander's bank accounts. We'll get to that later. <laughs> God, what a mess. Oh, I want to know from you is, have you seen any of these these, these young pitchers, especially Uwasawa? Yeah, Uwasawa. Uh, I have not been down there yet. Okay. I've right. talked to a bunch of folks that have been down there, and my yeah. first game I'm going to be down there doing is uh, Tuesday. So I'm actually going to try to get down there Monday at some point also and and see the fellas. Um, you know, I've heard really good things. Everybody is raving about the arms in camp right now, and that's been one of the bigger question marks. You know, what are they going to look like? Um, how's the rotation going to shape out, right? I mean, that's one of the things that, um, you know, I'll be focused on this spring for sure because – uh, we do have uh, some new faces, some younger faces that they're going to rely on heavily. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an exciting time. But, you know, at this point in time in camp, you're hearing a lot of good things. And you're also hearing everybody that you anticipate coming in healthy is healthy. And so, well, you know, good. yeah, exactly. So the first couple of weeks of camp and really in spring training in general, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. So uh, I guess at this point, Zach Eflin is is your number one guy. Uh, let's go through the rotation and, and kind of give me a little scouting report. I'm I tell you what, the guys I'm excited about. I'm excited about Taj Bradley because his stuff is just as as you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about him. It's just electric. Um, and then you want Eflin to be Eflin and and maybe get a little bit more from Savali. What what are you thinking this year as, as we? Start yeah, um, look, Eflin's your anchor, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I really want to see Eflin go out there and just take the ball every five days and do the exact same thing he did last year. Eflin is one of those guys who, um, you know, on the field, he, he's got it all. He's got command. He's got swing and miss. He's got everything you need in an ace starter. Uh, but he also competes. And yeah. he also mentors some of these younger guys that he's going to need to do. So he's got everything you want in the number one. I uh, really like Eflin going out there. Savali, um, he has the stuff for swing and miss. Uh, at times, he can go out and, you know, throw a lot of pitches early, which drives up yeah. pitch counts, drives up, um, unfortunately, drives up the uh, the use a little bit early, and, and they have to go to the bullpen a little bit you know, earlier than expected. But hopefully this year he'll be able to go in there and maybe get a little bit deeper yeah. is what I assume they're looking for him to do, uh, five plus six innings. Be more efficient, yeah. And, would be really nice if you can go out there and, like you said, yeah, just be more efficient. Um, that, that'd be a big step for him to going in the right direction. I think Taj Bradley, we talked about him. I think last time I was on, man, I really think this guy is primed yeah. to have a good season. Um, he, he's going to go out there. He's been working on secondary pitches. And, you know, specifically for me, that's what I'm looking at for Taj. Yeah. I yeah. want to see him go through those secondary pitches and be able to throw those behind in the count and get outs with them. And if he does that, then he could have a really, really good year because, you know, you said it, he's got the stuff to be a top of the rotation guy. He's just, you know, he's younger and he needs some time in the big leagues and he just needs some reps. 
It seemed like with Taj, you know, there would, there would just be, you know, he'd be sailing along, striking out seven of eight sometimes. I mean, just ridiculous, untouchable. Then he, you know, it, it, we'd get a guy on, stolen base, he'd walk a guy, and then a three-run bomb. And it's like, it's just like in a moment, he went from dominating to being ba- down three-nothing. And it just seemed to happen to him time and time again. And that that comes with, with experience, right? When you, when something bad happens to, to pitch, pitch around things, pitch away. So these are, this is something that we can expect a nice jump from him because of the stuff and the, how, how he learns how to use the stuff. Yeah. That's the next stage in the process of maturing yeah. for a young starter. Uh, you know, he's a power pitcher who really never struggled in the minor leagues. I mean, this guy who can just go out there and dominate with one pitch. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's a kind of a credit to what kind of stuff he has. He can just roll through minor league professional teams with some good hitters on him and just dominate with a fastball if he wanted to. And so now that he's, you know, at a level where they're going to challenge him to throw strikes and be in the zone consistently, um, for a younger power pitcher like that, the first thing they have to really go through and get over is, is, you know, working around that one big inning. Uh, And we saw it at times with Taj last year and we saw him lights out last year as well. And so I think that, you know, if he can go out there and just eliminate that inning, then you're, you're talking about a guy who can, Hey, can really fit in real nice right behind Eflin potentially um, as a top of the rotation type guy. What do you see from Zach Littell? Um, I mean, obviously when he, when he got it going, uh, he got used to the starters role. His uh, he, he had a three three four ERA in his uh, I think his last twelve starts. So that that he was a huge surprise as a starter. Can he continue that? You know, that's it was crazy to me to see how quickly he adjusted. Yeah, to the to the starting rotation. I mean, most of the time you see a guy jump out of the rotation to the bullpen during a year, not the other way around. And you, you know, you had Latell who essentially had to build his innings up as a starter in the major leagues, which is extremely hard to do. Um, but he was able to do it because he was so efficient with yeah. his pitches. I mean, he is precise when he gets on that mound and just dialed in. He's got kind of that bulldog mentality of he's attacking hitters nonstop. And, you know, whenever you have the hitters on their heels, right after pitch one. I mean, it does flip the count in your favor, and it really does make a big difference. So um, I do think Zach Littell has the stuff to continue to be good in the rotation for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, The good thing is, for Littell, I mean, he's going to be penciled in probably middle to late in this rotation. He's going to be going up against a lot of other four and fives. And puts up numbers like last year, you know, he's going up against four and fives in other rotations. That's going to create a lot of wins for him because, again, he is very efficient. He can get through five or six innings pretty clean uh, because he's always attacking that zone. And so I do like where he's at. I do like the idea of him being in the back end of this rotation and giving us a quality start every time out. And uh, do you see Uwasawa uh, working in here as as a fifth starter? Who do you see? Who do you think? Him or, yeah, him or Pepio. Um, Pepio, yeah. I forgot about him. Uwasawa because of the ability to go back and forth through the rotation in the bullpen. He can be a swing guy. He can be a long reliever. We all know how how the Rays love to use the bullpen uh, yes. early and often, especially early in the season. You know, when your starters aren't really stretched out to the point where they're consistently going seven innings. A guy like Uwasawa is going to be very valuable. So I could see him making this team just as a swing guy at first and then filling in the rotation when they need yeah. to and kind of doing uh, – he's, he's almost like a utility man on the staff, right? He could be he an went, opener. Right, and that's a very – about him as an opener? 
yeah, it's a very valuable role. So, yeah, well, you could do anything. How do they so, prepare for that? I mean, yeah, see that uh, guy and then bring uh, whoever else right behind him. That right. Would be and so it, it's really hard. It would be really hard to not see him somewhere on this team uh, yeah. opening day. I really like him and the role that he's going to have. And I think Pepio, you know, I, I talked to Cash um, a little bit ago, maybe a few days ago. And he was raving about this guy's stuff. And he said just in his first couple bullpens, you know, down in Port Charlotte, this guy's bumping 96 in a bullpen, right? And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's incredible to me because you don't really have adrenaline going. You got nobody in the box going against you. And so you're going up there going mid to upper 90s uh, in that situation. That is very, very impressive. Uh, and it shows what kind of stuff this guy comes over with. Uh, I, I don't think the Dodgers were wanting to trade him, but I think that, you know, it was a deal that they had to get done. So they reluctantly did give in and and uh, pass him along to the Rays. And I think the Rays are going to benefit from that. So you talk to Cash, you get the, how, any contract details out of him? How, how, <laughs> no. Any cash in? Is his, is his name now part of part of that deal, Kevin Cash? Yeah, no, no, I haven't, uh, I haven't dialed in the contract talk. With okay. uh, no, I, I keep it on the field. All right. Uh, just, 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 it seems to be the nuclear secret around here. So I'm, I'm trying to figure these things out. You know, that, that's what I do. So we're trying he, I can tell, I can tell you this. He's very, he and Eric Neander are very happy. So yes. that's all, that's all we care about. Keep them around. That's all we yep. care about. All right, let's, let's transition to the bullpen. And I'll be honest with you. I can't keep track of who's healthy and who's not like, where, where do we have any slots here for the bullpen? What are, what are we thinking? Like there's always slots for the bullpen arms, right? Um, yeah. You know, you got certain guys that are, of course, going to be penciled in. Fairbanks is going to be your dog in the back yeah. end bullpen. Um, you know, guys all around him. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that I, I think the bullpen, there there are some arms that will uh, have a chance to make that team. But, you know, it, it's going to be a strength. And it's a strength that the Rays always look at and look always. into. And um, there's always a couple spots in there that you can shuffle around, but the majority of that pen is going to be set. And again, it's going to anchor around Pete Fairbanks, you know, Sean Armstrong's another guy who's outstanding. So um, yeah, it's kind of similar to the last five years that we've talked about a bullpen. It's going to be a strength of the team. They're going to have power arms and they're going to be able to go at you and pump a lot of strikes. I think Jason Adam is he's, he's healthy, right? Yes. Um, uh, Shane, uh, Shane Bodson won't be back till, till mid. Shane Bodson will be back. Yeah. They're anticipating him coming back somewhere in the summertime. Okay. Um, and you know, that's all anticipation. That's not based on health. That's just based on getting this guy back out there and getting him more reps. You know, he's going out there and he's throwing the ball really well right now. And so, um, it's, he, he, he's still so young, right. Yeah. And he's still considered a prospect because he just, has very limited time in the big league level. Right. So when we have seen him healthy, he's been outstanding and you can just, you can tell how this guy's stuff can translate into a top of the rotation type guy. Uh, but you just gotta, you gotta let him mature organically and mm-hmm. um, you don't want to rush that process. And if they can do that and they can hold him off until they really want him up, then, you know, the second half of the season could be outstanding for him. You hear anything on Matone? Phil Mat- is it Matone? How do you Matone, say that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Matone. He's um awesome addition to yeah. this bullpen. Really like the addition of him. Kind of like a Colin McHugh to me, to where he goes out there, not gonna overpower you with the fastball, right? He's gonna sit around 88 to 90 miles an hour with the fastball. But this dude, what he's very good at is spinning it, right? Yeah. He- 
create a lot of weak contact with some elite spin on the breaking pitches, multiple different breaking pitches that he can throw everything for a strike. And he just creates, again, a lot of weak contact. And those are guys who can get you out of a jam pretty quick. He can also get some swing and miss on that. And he's been around in the big leagues for a little bit now. So it's not like you're going out there hoping this guy can can go out there and handle the pressures of major league life. It's uh, one of those where you know what you're getting out of him. And, um, you know, it's exciting to have a guy like that. It can go in there, throw strikes, and, and get you a lot of quality outs. Uh, all right, so that's the pitching staff. What do you expect? Um, any and if if you could say one guy that might surprise in this lineup, I mean, last year, you know, um, you had some guys jump in and, and and hit thirty bombs in parades that we didn't see that coming. Anybody, anybody on this 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 team, the up and coming that you see like that, that could be that much of a surprise. You know, um, yeah, outside of the guys that kind of everybody's talking about, I think we should still keep our eye on Jonathan Aranda, man. You know, that guy, if he can get some decent reps at the plate, yeah, um, he's a guy who has put up some monster numbers in AAA, and from yeah. what I've seen, I, I really think that his game does translate to the major leagues. Now, um, he's got just a great idea at the plate for a young player on what pitchers are trying to do to him. And he's able to adjust in at bats that a lot of younger uh, players aren't able to do. So uh, I, I just like him. I like his hitting tools. And I think that he'll be pretty good for us offensively. If he can get the swings that he needs to, if he can get in the box consistently enough. And that's the whole thing is, you know, how are you going to get him in the lineup? Where's he going to pencil into uh, how are you going to get this guy into a good rhythm? Because, uh, again, I think there's a lot of upside there, and I think that he could have a really good season. All right, partner. And, and you know, we have a lot of the, you know, the same guys back in the lineup. I mean, I know there were no no huge huge additions, but you just expect uh, more production just because these guys are getting older. Sometimes we forget that a lot of these guys are just young and, and they're still growing in the major leagues, and they're going to get better just by being older, more experienced players, right? So we should expect – that this offense will be, will be good. And, you know, I know we have to wait to the postseason to really judge it, but, um, you know, cause that's kind of where we're at now with this team. That's a good thing, right? When the postseason becomes the most important thing, when making the playoffs is almost a given, that's a good thing. Um, but it, I think all these guys just get better by experience. I hope. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I think, shoot a couple of them if they can just repeat what they did. Yandy Diaz. I mean, look, just repeat what you did last year. I mean, he was a monster at the plate. Isak Paredes had a career year. You know, these guys can consistently put up the same numbers. That'd be huge. Josh Lowe, um, he was outstanding all year for me. You know, for a young guy to come in and throw up those kind of numbers, do what he did on the bases, and be there offensively and defensively for the team. He really stepped it up last year. Would love to see him continue that trend. Um, one guy I think that could make uh, big gains going into this season. You know, Jose Siri is a guy that if he can cut down just a little bit on that swing and miss and just put the ball in play with his speed, I could see him, you know, uh, really doing a lot more damage on the bases. Yeah. I don't think he uh, was able to utilize his speed as much in the stolen base category last year, just because he was more of a power guy with a low on base percentage. And if he can get on base a little bit more frequently and just use those legs as a weapon, I, I think that would really benefit him and his career and the race. So I would look for Jose Siri to take a, a nice step forward too. 
You think Rosario starts at shortstop? I mean, that's a very interesting pickup that they just got. Um, you know, he, he hits lefties really well, so you get a little pop from the shortstop position. What do you think the shortstop position looks like early on in the season? Yeah, well, with Taylor Wall still, you know, rehabbing that hip injury, uh, should be back, you know, within the first month of the season or somewhere right after that. Um, yeah, I, I think Rosario could pencil in to the shortstop position and, and really get a decent amount of reps. Now, this is a super utility guy, too. I mean, yeah. this guy he played outfield, he can play middle infield, he can play anywhere on the diamond. So he's like a perfect fit for Tampa Bay because we know they love putting these guys into a lineup to where they can shuffle them all around and just utilize their matchups at, at the offensive side and then put them on defense, plug them on defense, and know that they're going to have solid defenders out there. So he fits the team perfectly. I think it was a great sign. I mean, they only signed him for $1.5 million. This dude has playoff experience. He's had some really good – good years in the big league. So um, a lot to like about that addition. And I do think he'll see the majority of the time as of right now, maybe at shortstop. Um, we'll see Caballero. They really like him too. So, um, you know, yeah, one of those things, see how it plays out. All right. We're going to be able to watch you on Valley sports, like all year <laughs> long. Like we're, we're going to be getting the games. Very, very excited about watching you and rich and the whole team um, this summer, but I, we never know where this thing is going with streaming. So yeah. as far as you know, Valley's is good to go. We got you on Spectrum, right? We can watch it. That's still on Spectrum, right? From my understanding, you can basically <laughs> tune in the same exact way you tuned in last year. Okay. And, uh, should be good to go. And you can see me and Rich with our makeup on and hair. Yes. Yelled up real nice. So I don't have to Talking buy Prime baseball. or Peacock or Hulu or everything else. I just, yeah, Valley's uh, whatever. I mean, I know the Valley app always, you can be safe with that. Uh, yeah. I Know that so outside of that wherever you typically get you know your valley sports that's where you can dig into it so you know what's interesting here in dallas doug uh I'm, i live in dfw by the way thanks for that uh playoff loss to the rangers last year <laughs> that really sent us over the top um here in, in in texas at valley sports southwest like literally nobody gets that and nobody can watch the rangers nobody can watch the stars nobody can watch the mavericks so the teams got together and struck a deal with the local ABC affiliate here, WFAA TV here in Dallas to broadcast a handful of games so that the masses like us can watch that. Do you guys not have that same issue out there in Florida? Is it a little more widely streamed, I guess? Um, I know it's widely streamed. I know viewership is just so different in every single region, right? Yeah. Hard for me to talk about any other region and, yeah. and how they handle all the things going on there. But typically, you know, at least as long as I've seen it, I've been involved um with the rays on the broadcast side of things the viewership has been very very strong for Tampa. Very robust so yeah. find ways to uh to watch whether you know you do have cable whether you have the app what whatever it is so uh we've been blessed to be able to have a, a you know a good amount of following and also people that have been able to find ways to tune in so i know it's different honestly in every single state and yep. every yeah. And it's not just baseball. We know it's, um, you know, it's hockey, it's basketball, it's all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's just kind of the way technology has changed over the years and all this yeah. just come around. And I think it's still everybody just trying to figure out what's best for uh, to get, you know, the broadcast to as many people as possible. You know, we it's just, easier for me to watch a Lightning uh, Rays game than it crazy. is for me to watch a Rangers or a Stars game here in Dallas. And that's well, what Tim, I think that answers your question. You just need to lock into the uh, Rays. There you go. Screw hey, man, I've I've kind of become a fan. I've, I've become a fan. They saw a lot more success than the Rangers did up until last year. So, yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah, we could steal that World Series title. That would be nice. Uh, for yeah. the <laughs> they won it. They won a World Series title, but nobody saw it in Dallas. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, it was on Fox. Come on. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> How they can't watch it? The regular season games is bananas. All right, Doug. Appreciate you, my friend. We will be watching on Bally's on the app and uh, on Spectrum. So we really appreciate. It. Thanks, buddy. All right, got it, boys. Have a great Looking day. Good haircut looks wonderful. <laughs> Rubbing it in. I'll just take the next time. Have the clippings and send them over. Like paste them on my bald spot. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Your voice. The great Doug Wechter there. All right. uh, We got to take a break where we give you what? 45, 51 minutes on interrupted Tampa Bay sports talk there. We do it each and every day. My friends, we thank our sponsors, the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, the Geddes Gordon Group, American Mortgage Services, and Synovus Bank. Thank you all so much for uh, being our great sponsors and being able to get this great content out to the people. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll thank some of those sponsors and be back on the other side. Stay with us. This is The Strike. 1025 WHPT, HD2 Sarasota, Tampa, St. Pete. JP here for my friends at your local Synovus Bank. And I do mean friends, and I do mean local. One of the local managers in Tampa is John Acosta, big fan of the show, and I've known him for over 40 years. He's been in local banking since 1983. You talk about developing relationships. You don't stick around for that long unless you're doing things the right way and have a great reputation. And that's the focus company-wide at Synovus. Big enough to handle any complex international transaction but small enough to answer the phone when you have an urgent question about your business or personal account. And for personal accounts, they have a very easy app that works great. You can do everything online. And for large or small businesses, you will get that personal touch and services to help build your business, taking your dreams and aspirations from the whiteboard to reality. We can make that happen. Let us show you how. For a get acquainted meeting to open a business or personal account, just call John or go to synovus.com. To find out where your local branch is. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10-footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, you want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging marketing and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. Hey, you might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. 
It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or try to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S gordon.kw.com or call 813-485-6808. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. Rookie move. Took a late bite during the break. Haven't eaten breakfast this morning. Me neither. Eating on the air. So, <laughs> apologize for that, my friends. That's in, uh, that's well, in Radio School 101, JP. You don't I eat know. on the air. I thought we had one more spot. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here, brought to you by the great folks at the Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Uh, get your testosterone right, kids. If you have not had your testosterone tested, you could be, you know, Late 20s, early 30s, even those numbers are down just due to the environment and the food and our um, the American food supply is so bad, if you don't know this. That's why you go to got to go to Bay Area Modern Medical Center to get those uh, great recommendations from uh, Chris Lugo, who has a nutritional science degree. Uh, he's off with the National Guard this week playing, uh, playing uh, Army, so we'll hear from him next week. Um, but Bay Area Modern Medical Center, go to BAMMC.com. They'll help you with your nutrition, your testosterone, your immune system, all that stuff. Uh, in this day and age, folks, you need someone to guide your medical care because uh, the 15 minutes you get with your doctor is not doing it. So go to BAMMC.com and get that. Um, all right. So I, I didn't bring this up with Doug because it's, you know, this is off the field stuff that we don't really need to get into with him. But this story, the Wanda Franco story, just gets more and more bizarre. I know, Tim, I don't know if you saw the latest on this. Mm-hmm. I've not. So, um, and this is from uh, the, the Tampa Bay Times. Juan Carlos Chavez um, dug into this a little bit more. Um, so the authorities in Dominican Republic have ordered a temporary freeze on three bank accounts linked to Wanda Franco. Uh, this is because Juan Francisco Rodriguez Consoro one of his former attorneys is seeking the equivalent of $256,000 for the seven weeks that he represented Wanda Franco. $256,000 for seven weeks of work. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, but it gets better. Uh, so a little more than a week ago, Consoro informed the Tampa Bay Times via text message that he no longer represented Franco. Uh, Franco faces possible criminal charges relating to an alleged sexual relationship with a 14-year-old girl. Um, we know this. So uh, Consoro will have the opportunity to present to a judge all the procedures and diligences he conducted on behalf of Wander, and that judge or the necessary judges will decide if Wander truly owes him the amount of money he is demanding. Uh, but, but Encarnacion, who uh, is... What is his role in this whole thing? Uh, I think it's one of the other attorneys says, but what he intends to charge is an abuse. It seems like an abuse. $256,000 for seven weeks work. Yeah. Like, what are we charging here? So as we go down further in the story, um, we find out this. So less than a year ago, Rodriguez Consoro, his attorney, was removed from his position as a criminal court judge following an investigation by the DR's judiciary's highest disciplinary body. It found out 
that he accepted bribes and issued court orders favoring suspects in several criminal cases, according to court documents. So Franco goes and hires this attorney who was a judge that was on the take and got taken off the bench. So then went because this is how many things work in the legal system. And I say in the DR, but obviously everywhere in America America as well, our justice system is so horribly broken. It's not even funny. So if, and so this is, this is what now wander is. So let's, let's add up everything in this particular story now. Right. So we have a mother who was admitted to extorting Wander Franco um, and setting him up with his with her 14-year-old daughter. Okay. Um, and now we that have should Wanda. be enough right there, right? Like that's all you need. <laughs> I mean, the mother is the one who, yeah. you know, allegedly put this whole deal together. Prostituting her daughter out. That is what is alleged, and there's, there's, uh, I, you know, we've seen the the Instagram post, and and not only th- we've established that there was extortion here, like that she admitted to that. So we have that going on. Um, we have, you know, the the wa- wanders in the text messages back and forth with the with the fourteen year old, so, so that's out there as well. And so obviously he's been that's what he's charged with, and now he hires an attorney who was a judge who was on the take. Now, if you're a judge on the take and you're, and you're disbarred from where you're thrown off the bench, how are you still able to practice law? Like, how do you have a law license? If you've been, you know, if you've been charged and convicted of taking bribes, because clearly what you're going to do with his attorney is now take the money from your client and trying to bribe the next judge, because that's how it works. I mean, that's, 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 I'm reading between the lines. Why would that be? So now this guy's saying he didn't pay me my money. I want my money and going to the court. I mean, what the hell is going on? What the hell Dude. is going on? And then, you you know, you hear all these stories. At least I've heard stories from people that have lived in the Dominican Republic that have played in Major League Baseball that are like, you know, normally, you know, these things happen. It's part of the culture down there. And uh, they just, you know, people get paid off and it all goes away. So they're shocked that Wander is being being prosecuted for this right and again i'm not making any judgments on any of it but man is this just um it's it's, it's because of who he is right i mean absolutely yeah 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 it's it's because of who he is and and but again all the other baseball players that have been involved in some of these allegations and other things for the most part they always they always just you know charges get dropped people get paid off it goes away but for some reason that's not happening with wanda franco and now his attorney is suing him, you know, this attorney that has was thrown off the bench for taking bribes and yeah. giving light sentences. I mean, <laughs> so this sounds to me more like more than a light, a real life event that's happening. This sounds more like to me, something you would read in the TV guy. Well, nobody knows what yeah. the TV guy is anymore. Yeah. Sorry. On the movie of the week on Telemundo or Univision or something, right? Yes. Like, you can make a mini series out of this. No doubt yes. about it. Yeah, there's Forget no the Thornbirds. This is better than the Thornbirds. I'd like to see it actually. Um, you know, this this would this would be one of those, uh, you know, SUV uh, plots or what ha- what have you. you know, whatever or SVU. Law and Order, Dominican Republic. SUV, SVU, hell it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And 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 here and you know, and here's the deal. There's a hundred and eighty-two million dollar contract at stake here. Jeez. 
Rays that the Rays are undoubtedly trying to get out of, I would, I would imagine, um, and should be able to get out of if he's going to jail. Sure. Right. And, and so what's gotta be a clause. Yeah, of course. So what the hell is going on? And um, it just seems like there's a pissing match between the authorities and judges and, you know, dirty judges, dirty cops, dirty lawyers, dirty. I mean, and it's and here we have all that's at stake is the future of this young man's play, baseball career, which I think he's kind of obviously been vilified here in the Tampa Bay market. I mean, how could he ever come back and play here? But the problem is we don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know. And I'm not trying to, to, I mean, you should know if you're messing around with a 14 year old, you should know, I mean, figure it out. You gotta be, a, and, and what are you doing? Wonder Franco with all that's at stake, messing around with this kind of stuff. This is just silly, especially when you can have just about any woman of age that you would want with your in money America. And in America, anywhere like you, I mean, it's not like there's a lack of opportunity here for you. So I just, I don't, it, it's, it's the most bizarre story. And what's so sad is this guy was the absolute cornerstone of this franchise moving forward. I mean, he is a transcendent talent that the Rays had tapped into since he was 16 years old. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's such a sordid story, but you know, it's, it really has derailed this franchise in a very big way. And I don't think we talk about it enough because this is a franchise that depends on young talent. And he's a guy that is, is a power hitter in the middle of your lineup, run producer, tremendous defensively, like a, a, a generational talent. And it's just, you get, I mean, you're going to get nothing for him in terms of a trade. You get no value out of him whatsoever. It's, it's, you know, this is a setback that is really, especially for a team like the Rays, is hard to come back from. You know, now if, if Junior, Junior Caminero can be every bit as good to him, then you certainly get a reprieve of some sort. But wouldn't it have been nice to have both guys, you know, playing second yeah. and third? I mean, think of the, you know, think of the, you know, not to dismiss Itzhak Paredes and his, you know, 30 bombs, but still, these guys, hopefully, this is what you build your franchise on. And it's a bizarre story. And I wish we had more information on it, like more, you know, more solid information to go yeah. out. But we just, we don't. And I mean, you wonder at this point if we're going to get more information on it, right? Like, I know it's still kind of a current thing that's happening, but right. being based down there, we can't trust anything really that we get news-wise out of there, right? I mean, it's no, not really. It's going to be twisted. It's, and we, you know, with all the corruption and everything involved with the justice system and the legal system down there, we don't know what's true and what's not. No, you know, so we may never really find out. And that kind of begs the question, at least for me, like, does I know these these kids are getting and I'll use the word recruited, scouted by pro teams down there all over the world. Now, that this thing happens when you're 13, 14, 15 years old. And I know I've been hearing the name Wander Franco for years, probably when he was 14 or 15 years old about being the next big thing. I've got a good buddy here in Dallas that used to play in the major leagues, works for. 105.3, 105.3, the fan here on the radio here in Dallas, Mike Bassick. He pitched for years in the major leagues. By the way, Mike Bassick's claim to fame is he gave up number 715 to uh, Barry Bonds. That's his claim to fame in the major leagues. <laughs> but, but no, he is in tune with the scouting and all these. And he's been talking to me about Wander Franco for years. So he yep. was already on the radar, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the major leagues, and they have to, but maybe you know for sure, if the major leagues has programs in place, for some of these young guys, once they get signed to 
a major league team and they become the property of that team, not that they're on the roster or with the big club, but once you're property of that team, do they have any sort of provisions for these guys to help instruct them, to help teach them, to help groom them to what they're going to see and things that they should expect that's going to happen to them now as professional athletes, as big names? Do they have anything like that in place that, that you're aware of? I know the NFL has something like that now. Yeah, the NFL has their rookie symposium where they do all that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they do or not. Um, and clearly, and this is something we've talked about with the Rays for the last few years: is where are the, you know, the the grizzled veterans um, that are going to mentor these young players and tell them how to handle their business. And to some degree, I think the Rays tried that with Wander, but, you know, he he seemed to be a pretty stubborn dude. I mean, he was, you know, from the very beginning showing up in Bentleys and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of jewelry, and and that's fine. You know, sure. you, you, you made, you got your bonus money, you do all that, but, you know, you see some of the more serious players not doing that, you know, and, and paying more attention to their craft and paying more attention to doing the right things off the field because it doesn't matter how talented you are, if you're making stupid moves off the field and he is exhibit a, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen to your career. And, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and say with any you know intelligence, what exactly the rays have tried to do. They're a smart organization. I, I know they tried to, to help this young man in every way they could, but I mean, you just look at what went down last year. It was the rays that came forward and, and, and basically put a story out there about yeah. how, Wander was a bad teammate. I mean, how have you ever? I mean, when that ha- whole thing happened, I'm like, wait, what? The Rays, because Mark Topkin wrote the story, so basically the Rays had to go to Topkin and say, you know, because I'm I'm sure Topkin's not, you know, hey, how is is Wander Franco a good teammate? Like, what's going on here? And then, you know, the, the Ray, there were quotes from the general manager and everybody like these are the dude has issues. I don't think I've ever seen a team do that, you know, no. publicly put their your business out there, yeah. you know, on your own guy. Like, that's weird. Like, what? You know, and it, it begs the question, did they know? Did they sniff what was going on here and try to, you know, head it off at the pass? Or would, did they, you know, find out what was going on and said, we need to get out of this contract? <laughs> you know, let's throw yeah. this guy under the bus. Did that happen? I'm not saying they did, but I'm like, is that, is that, I've never seen a team out their own guy like that. Have you? No, I've never heard of that in any sport. No. You know, you keep that stuff in house and, Media begs for you guys or for you know teams to bring stuff like that out, and that's where we're going to handle this in house. That, right. That's that's the company line. But. They put it on Front Street, and then he, of course, he got suspended later on, you know, uh, for for behavior. And you're like, okay, here we go. What the hell's going on with this guy? And then the next thing we know, this thing pops up, and you know they're they're, and they'll be able to get out of the contract. Yeah. Interestingly enough, so. I, I'm just throwing stuff out there. We don't know what happened, why it happened, where it happened, who's in, you know, we just, there's so much we don't know, but it is something we need to talk about because he is the cornerstone of this franchise. And we can sit here and say, oh, he'll never play for the Rays again. We don't know that. You know, yeah. the Major League Baseball union is has a big union. Look at Matt Ariza, the uh, the punter, right? That just got signed by the Chiefs. Yep, he I was going to bring named, that up later, yeah. Yeah, he, he gets named in a, in, in, Correct me if my facts are off on this, but he gets named in a lawsuit, a sexual assault lawsuit, mm-hmm. uh, stemming around a 17-year-old girl. Two years, two two days later, the Bills cut him. You know, he wasn't found guilty of anything. He wasn't. No, as a matter of fact, his name was was removed from all the litigation. Like he wasn't even there. 
and it was a college rape, gang rape thing, uh, right. accusations, what it was. And it came out, he wasn't even at the party. Right. So, but the Bills released him, and he was, you know, you know, he was, uh, in the court of public opinion, he was convicted, much like Warren DeFranco has been in the court of public opinion. And then we find out, oh, wait a minute, he wasn't even there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. So we and don't he was know. out of work for two seasons. No job. Until yeah. he yeah. just got re-signed by the Chiefs. How about that? You know, and he wasn't even there. How unfair is that? Yep. And so when you we, we don't know the situation, and boy, he should have some recourse on that that situation. Um, but we know he won't. Um, but here we are with Wander. We don't know. Hell, he could be starting day one. We don't know. You know, all this corruption that's going on that we could find out, oh, this was, you know, a setup or something, blah, 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 blah. Charges have been dropped. He's free to go. Okay, now what? You're just going to kick him to the curb? Yeah. No, you're not. I mean, I mean if you're the Rays, is that what you right. do? No, you don't want to, but that's that's going to be the court of public opinion is he's going to be guilty for the rest of his life, even if but, he's not. But should that be? No. No. And if no, you're no, the no. Rays, do you, you know, what do you do? Do you trade him? Do you try to bring him back and, and rehabilitate his his reputation? He's right. you know he hasn't become a bad ball player. This just in, mm. and last time I checked, the people you know Major League Baseball plays a hell of a lot of money for players like this. Yeah, you know, uh, does you know does he go play in Japan? I don't know, but I don't think his career is over uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And if he goes and does a couple of years in jail, he's still a very young man. But will he be too toxic to come back and play in Major League Baseball? I don't know. We and this is the thing: we don't know any of this. Yeah. We don't know any of it. So, you know, I just think it, it's it's a bizarre situation, and I have no idea how it's going to shake out. But it's very important to the Rays' future. And for the Rays now, you if he does come back and you know not guilty, he was never involved in any of this. It was a blackmail scheme. It's, it was just it was made up to get money from him, and he he wants to come back and play for the Rays and and fulfill his contract. Well, even before any of this happened, you'd already put stories out, but he was a bad teammate. Right. So now have you burned that bridge where he ain't going to play for you again, even if he could? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he doesn't want to play for the Rays anymore the way they did him. So bizarre story. Bizarre story. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Eric Erlinson, Lightning Insider, will join us, and uh, he will regale us with this Star Wars Stories from last right. night, Star Wars night, Tim. It was, it was. I yeah. saw that. I had to mix it up with Darth Maul and uh, Lord Vader last night. Barely got through my. Did you dress up? I did not. I did okay. not. But I had to put up with these lightsaber guys coming at, coming at me, man. Especially that Darth Maul with the two sided thing, man. I <laughs> I got my, I, you know, but I got it done. I got it done under good for you circumstances. But Eric Erlinson has some great stuff to tell us about. Story <laughs> involving. Baby Yoda and Phil Esposito. How about that? Oh, my gosh. Didn't expect that. If you had Baby Yoda and Phil Esposito on your J.P. Peterson bingo card this morning, you win. There you go. There you go. Quick break. Back in three. Stay with us. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local. We're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. 
The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done, and guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium. $1,000, folks. That's real, real money, and that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up. 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community. Been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Start the new year with a new diamond from the Gold and Diamond Source. It's still engagement season. Where better to get that special ring than the Gold and Diamond Source? Of course, I just got mine there. I'm engaged. You should do the same thing. Let's go. Gold and Diamond Source has the largest selection of engagement rings in the country. A literal jewelry superstore with 30 times the inventory of any normal jeweler and if you have a loved one or a special person in your life who has a birthday this month maybe you have an anniversary coming up you can get 15 percent off the january birthstone which is garnet as in garnet and gold for all your seminoles celebrate that mythical national championship and it's the golden diamond source's 40th anniversary for the past 40 years they have taken pride in offering only natural diamonds formed over billions of years from the earth's incredible forces and gold prices are at an all-time high now's your chance to turn your jewelry box into a cash machine It's the perfect time to trade in your broken or unworn pieces for something new and stunning. It's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back. Excuse me. To the J.P. Peterson Show. As we roll on here on this Friday and the Bolts get ready for a little two uh well three game road trip um coming off a bad bad homestand we're brought to you by the great folks at italiano insurance get that italiano insurance checkup and great customer service i was speaking with charity yesterday on the phone i can't get into the details but i'm just going to tell you they gave me the best customer they always give me great customer service they save me a thousand dollars on my auto insurance every six months from what i was paying and they i had an issue with that the particular uh progressive uh uh insurance company and they solved it and they did all the work they they were on the line charity was on the line for hours with these people to finally get it done i didn't have to do it that's what you pay for holy moly i you know what i'm talking about you don't want to be in voicemail hell with no. one of these companies that's why they handle that stuff 
Why would you do it any other way? 813-877-7799. Let them do all the hassle uh, and you get the savings and you don't have to deal with that stuff. So Italiano Insurance, it is worth it, folks. Trust me. You get great customer service. All right, let's welcome in our good friend Eric Erlinson, my longtime colleague, uh, formerly of the Tampa Tribune. Uh, we were together again last night, and look at him there. He's got Baby Yoda on his shoulder. I love it. Now, JP, you know his name's not Baby Yoda, right? You know what the character's name is, even? It, well, you know, watch Eric, the show? Eric does. Oh, yeah, Grogu. It's Grogu, Grogu. right. Is, is it not Baby Yoda? Can we not no, call him Baby Yoda? Not, it's not Yoda. Once we we got an actual name during the series. Okay. So that's what. Excuse me. Didn't mean to mis, misgender Grogu or whatever I did there. Uh, misrepresented. Misrepresented. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could go to jail for this, you know, in some places. Uh, Tatooine. They'll send me to Tatooine or Hoff. Right? Right, yeah. Derek? You don't want to go to Hoff. No. no. Or Tatooine, really. I'd much rather be in Tatooine than Hoff. I would be, yeah. I want to go to that planet where they have the the Amazon ladies that run around just just like with no clothes on. Hardly. What, what planet is that? <laughs> I saw that in a Star Trek episode sometime. William Shatner yeah. was marooned there, I think. Where yeah. that's the one I want to. Piece of advice: Don't ever confuse Star Trek and Star Wars. No. <laughs> no. See, I, I did that again. Eric's just going to push the button to be done with me because I've missed misidentified this is it's a disaster my sci-fi uh, stuff is look i grew up with with star trek i mean i grew up with yeah. that was that was my thing i love both i love but i don't confuse them like i know which one's which <laughs> i mean listen you want to start comparing them i mean william shatner that that dude was a stud they, still he, is yeah Still is right. My God. I mean, I know Captain Kirk never flew the Millennium Falcon. Okay, I know enough to to not okay, make that. I know that. Okay. I know okay. that. I'm just making sure. I'm that not real that sure. Enterprise was a badass. That's all I'm saying. Those phasers. I mean, come on. That stuff was amazing. All right, we're digging a hole here. So, so tell me, tell me the Espo uh, Grogu story. All right. So obviously it was Star Wars night last night, and I had my Grogu tie and I had my socks to go with it. And I actually took this out of my son's room uh, to wear this. So I, I walk into the radio booth before the game starts to get ready to do my hit with Greg. And Phil just gives you that look, you know, and just like, he's like, what is that? I said, well, that's Grogu. He goes, basically he said, aren't you too old to be wearing something like that? And he's probably right, but he did not like it. But then he found out it was magnetized because it's a little magnet plate under here. I see how it stays oh, up there. That's kind of cool. So uh, fast forward to second intermission, obviously the lightning are down three, one, and I walk by him and he goes, you need to change that to the other shoulder. You need to change the luck around. I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. So I put it on my right shoulder. And for a while, Phil looked like a genius because he scored two goals in 24 seconds. Washington gray up grabs the fourth, four, three lead. Oh no, it's coming back on an offside. That was about that far offside. I'm like, Phil is a genius. Genius. And, and then Rasmus Sandin happened and, and ruined the whole storyline. Score – killed your lead. You already had the lead written. It was all about the Grogu luck on Star Wars night. <laughs> Using it's going to be a fascinating – as a writer, this is a dream come yep, true. Yep. It's all it's all working out well until we leave Rasmus yeah. Sandin uh, wide open in the middle of the ice to just steal our whole world. It's it's awful. Yeah, it's real, the Force was not with us. The Force was not no, with us. it was not. It was not. Nope. Uh, so let, let's talk about that little sequence uh, as we did last night on the post game show. 
what I mean, those, those these are the things that when you're playing good hockey, they just don't happen. They just don't happen. And the, the Lightning have been bit by this, and they were a lot early in the season. This game, the last two games, have reminded me a lot of the early season mistakes. Yeah, especially last night. Um, you know, on that on the game winning goal, it, it's kind of a nothing play, and uh, you know, uh, Strom is behind the net with the puck, and that's not the dangerous guy. He's not scoring from back there. And, you know, the two defensemen are in front of the net, which is where they're supposed to be. And Cole Kepke, who was just called up, he hadn't been up here for about a month or so, tracks the puck. So he's drifting to his right. Well, Rasmus Sandin behind him notices that. So he jumps into that empty, empty space and has all kinds of time to pick his spot. Uh, and he did. And it's just those are mental mistakes. Like, you know, I see a lot of criticism for, you know, the defensive structure and the def- defensive defensive system. That play didn't really have much to do with their system or structure. That's just a, right. a, a awareness problem, and th- that is something that happened a lot uh, early on in the season. You would see players focus too much on the puck and not, un, you know, be aware of what's going on around them and where the danger is going to be. Not where it's at, but where it's going to be. Right. You know, as Wayne, Wayne Gretzky always said, "I want to know where the puck's going to be, not know where it's at." Right, and that's kind of what kind of burned them a little bit. And you know, mistakes in the Ottawa game cost them three to four goals, direct turnovers that led to odd man rushes. And yep. then last night, a couple more mistakes, uh, including another odd man rush, a two-on-one goal, because nobody covered the right point when Darren Radish got down low. It's just awareness and understanding, and right now their heads are not there. Is it is it just uh, inexperience on the defensive end, um, or is it lack of intensity? What would you say? Uh, it, well, it's definitely not lack of experience. I, I think – like you have Hayden Fleury, who's had some regular minutes this year, which he hasn't had. He didn't get last year at all. Uh, you, you know, you bring in a Calvin DeHaan. Uh, you've got a Mill Lilleberg up here now. So there is some, not necessarily inexperience, but not experience with partners and players. Right. Um, you know, and Darren Radish, this is his first full year in the NHL as well. And this is where you miss Sergachev, right? Yeah. Uh, I know he wasn't playing well before he got injured, but he is a guy that, plays 23 minutes a night he's familiar with the system he's familiar with you know uh headman and all that kind of stuff so so i wouldn't say it's necessarily inexperience it's it's not experience with each other and it's almost a completely new blue line back there mm-hmm. tim uh tim covers the stars and has for a long time and i want him to because this is a separate set of eyes you and i watch every game we watch every minute tim give eric when we started off what you you watched the whole game last night with your take on last night and we'll get his his reaction yeah, so, you know, both of these teams, obviously, the playoffs have already started for them, you know, where they are in the standings. And you've got to win. You've got to win against the right teams. Washington is right behind you in the standings. Uh, they're in your barn. And you're 3-3 three to three midway through the third period. And what I saw, uh, again, not as a raise – or God, I did it again, JP. As a lightning, it's my concussion. I'm concussed, by the way, Eric, so I have, I have excuses. Uh, the lightning – you know, you, you got to put that one away. If you're going to consider yourself a, uh, a a contender for this season, whether you make it, you know, through or however you get in the playoffs as the one or the two wild card, that's a game you got to put away. And you let the Caps, who, again, not a great team, and they're on the road, pretty much take the last half of that third period over from you. It looked to me like they wanted it more. I know that's a cliche. You know, they were they were beating the Lightning to to the pucks. That three-on-one was was inexcusable uh, to give up that that odd man rush at that point of the game. And uh, I just saw the Caps look like they wanted it more. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. 
Um, and you're right, that 301 is inexcusable. And that's just awareness, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't aware of who, like, you have to understand. That's where trust in players come from. And that's why, especially in hockey, probably more than any other sport, teams do off-ice bonding situations, you know, team-building exercises. Mm -hmm. They do that a ton for just this type of moment because nobody recognized the right side defenseman was down by the circle, right? You have to understand who's back there. So, uh, again, just being aware and smart, you know, playing smarter, not necessarily harder, I think has to come with it too. And you look at specifically these last two games, two games you felt the lightning could win and probably should have won, especially on home ice. They beat themselves. And yeah. that is a trade JP that they were doing back mm -hmm. in October and November where, you know, they were giving up the odd man rushes and the breakaways because it's just silly turnovers. And, um, that's what it comes down to. It's so I, like, I don't ever want to question the effort of a team. And I thought that they competed hard last night, just like they did in Boston when they won that game against the Bruins in Boston, they just didn't compete the right way. And that was with awareness and smarts. And, you know, that comes down to understanding time situation, uh, everything like that. And they weren't in the right spot last night. And that's why they ended up on the wrong side of it and didn't get anything. I mean, you had to at least get a point out of that game and they got nothing. You know, not to go back to Star Wars, but I have to do this. So Eric had a great analogy last night of that third, that third period that you just described. What was it, Eric? How did you describe it? The, their game is stuck in Hoth, and they need to get to Tatooine. <laughs> wow. Their, their game is cold and frozen at times. They need to get things warmed up and get a, get a heater going on. Get a heater going on. Um, I, I, know, I also... You know, as we did last night on the postgame show, I asked you about Vasilevsky and how, how he's played the last few games. I had more than one person come up to me last night. I think Vasilevsky's hurt again. I think he's hurt again. He's not moving the way he normally does. I'm like, you know, he was pretty damn good. You know, the first 10, he was okay. And then the next 10, he was fantastic. He, yeah. And then the last few, maybe not. Where are you at with Vasilevsky right now? I think the break hurt him. He was playing yeah. really good leading into the All-Star break. I mean, that game against Jersey – Woo. where the exact opposite of what we've just been talking about, yes. where they had a response every time the Devils uh, would score, the Lightning responded. And specifically, I remember it's, I think it was a, I think it was 3-1 late in the second period. And Jesper Bratt has a breakaway and Vazzy stops him. Just that yep. we talked about that last night. We're used yep. to him making those type of saves. Incredible saves. And he was in that zone. And I think coming out of the break, he hasn't looked the same. I, I honestly think, too, a little bit has to do with some of the shock of what happened with Mikhail Sergachev. I know we're two weeks past that, but, yeah, you know, I mean, close. they're close. They're very yeah. close. All three of those guys, Kuch, Bazzi, and, and Sergachev, are all very, very close, and he can't play this year. He has a traumatic leg injury. Uh, so I think some I think there's some mental hangover from that that's still there. It's not an excuse, and it shouldn't be that way. You have a job, and you have to go out and perform, yep. Uh, yep. but I don't think they have. Uh, you know, looking at the game last night, he probably should have had the um, the Strom goal yep. uh, that made it 2-0. Uh, I went back and looked at it a couple times last night. You can actually see – I don't know if he didn't expect the shot. I don't think he was screened, but his anticipation wasn't very good because the puck is already off of Strom's stick, and he's still in his crouch. Yeah. He hasn't reacted to it yet, and that's that's a sign of a, of, a, of a goalie who's just not on his game right now. Yeah. Eric Erlertson joining us here at lightninginsider.com. Um, so the deadline's coming up, um, and with Sergey's money available to spend now, $8.6 million. Um, I know Tarasenko has been linked to the Lightning. Um, what, what, do you, what type of move? I think something big is coming because that's what Breeze Bois does. 
Um, what do you think? Well, I, I just wonder if they don't have the assets. They have yeah. they have the rarity. They have the cap space now because of yeah, the LTI exactly. situation with, with Sergachev. I just don't know if they have the assets. They don't have a first this year or next year. They don't have a second this year. Uh, you don't really have any blue chip prospects outside of Isaac Howard, who was their first round pick a couple of years ago, was a star for Team USA at the World Juniors this year, uh, tied for the tournament leading goals. And you can't trade him. I don't think so. You no. don't have you don't have grade A prospects, and that's just a product of success and 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 drafting late and trading draft picks to win Stanley Cups. Right. Um, look, I, they need help on defense. You know, I mean, and we don't know what's going to go on with Hayden Flurry. I don't know if that was a shoulder. I don't know if that was a concussion when he took that hit from Tom Wilson last night. Either way, he's going to miss some time. You're not, especially with Sergachev out now. You're thin on the left side once you get yeah. past Victor Hedman. You're very thin. Um, Noah Hannafin is a name that's out there, but he's one of the top guys on the market. I don't know if they can compete uh, asset-wise with other teams that are going to want to bring in Noah Hannafin, even though he's probably just a rental situation. Um, it's going to be very interesting. we got a couple weeks until March 8th. Uh, Julian and his staff certainly have their work cut out for them. They need help. There's no doubt they need it. I just don't know if they can afford the kind of help that they're going to need. So do they become sellers? At the deadline, do you mm-hmm. move a Calvin DeHaan? Do you move a Connor Sherry, even though he has a no trade clause? I mean, there's some interesting, back. yeah, there's some interesting uh, moves that uh, Julian and staff oh. have to come up with. So, you, you, I mean, you wouldn't be punting on the season, but you're just saying, look, we don't have any assets. We need to rebuild. We've lost Sergachev. You know, Vassy's still getting back into gear. Maybe this just isn't our year. Maybe we just recoup some of those assets by, you know, selling off. Nobody wants to hear that. Nope. Nobody wants to hear that, but it might be the the play. Yeah, and again, it's interesting too because I mean, you get in, you have a chance. That's right. I mean, Florida came out of the number. Core. Yeah, and Florida came out of the number two wild card last season. Different circumstances, but they mm-hmm. they were outside of the playoffs in in you know January, and they just got hot and and rode it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So they have the goalie when he's on his game that That's can right. do that for you. And so that's that's why I think it's interesting. Which direction is Julian and, and Matthew Darsh and Jamie Pusher and that staff going to go uh, and what they want to do the trade line? I don't think they're going to stand pat. I think they'll do something one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, one thing we know about Julian, he's not afraid to be bold. No, I, didn't, I never even thought about them being sellers, to be quite honest. I'm not, not in that mindset, but, it, you know, at some point you got to you got to retool. Yeah, well, hey, this this weekend is huge. This is a huge yes. weekend now that they lost these two games to Ottawa and um, Washington last night. The Islanders are five points behind with two games in hand. The Devils are five points behind with a game in hand. You win both of those games, you get a seven-point cushion on both of them. That's a big difference. And if you lose them, all of a sudden it's three, and both those teams have games in hand. So, it, yeah, that's, that's what last night's game really did as they put an emphasis on both of these games. And, uh, you know, Jonas Johansson's probably going to get one of the starts. Uh, I didn't think he was very good in his last start uh, yeah. on the island. I, in fact, I don't think he was good at all on the island. Um, you know, so it's uh, this weekend is suddenly suddenly I don't think it's hyper hyperbole to say that this weekend could make or break their season. All right. One final question. Has Disney screwed up Star Wars? Uh, boy, that's a really good question. No, you didn't see that one coming, did you? No. Their, their series on, on Disney Plus, I think, have been really good. Andor yeah, is is exceptional. That's an Agreed. exceptional storytelling. Um, Which I liked, one? Uh, Andor. Uh, Andor. Andor. Okay. Uh, it, it ties into Rogue One. Um, 
what else? Uh, Ahsoka, I thought, I thought Ahsoka was, was good. I thought Ahsoka, Ahsoka was, good. was good. I didn't, I didn't expect it to basically be Rebels Part Two, right? Uh, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I thought it was a really good storyline. Obviously, Mandalorian is awesome. I can't wait. They're coming out with a yeah. movie, the Mandalorian movie. I can't. I've wait I've watched for that. that. That is that yeah. is really really good and yeah. really well done. Yeah. Uh, Book of Boba Fett was a little strange. I yeah, liked I was not it. into. I thought it was unnecessary because we already had the Mandalorian. Yeah, because it turned into Mandalorian season two point five is what right. it turned into, which is fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Mandalorian, but she set it up as Book of Boba Fett, yeah. uh, and um, uh, Obi Wan. I, I really enjoyed Obi Wan. I thought series. that was really good. The movies, uh, I didn't. I really didn't like the 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 second, the third trilogy. I the third. By the time we got to that third movie, I was like, what am I watching? So. I, I don't think they've done a good job of the movies, but I think their shows on Disney the series are good. great. Yeah. What's it? What's the we got a movie coming out though, don't we? This summer? Or doing Star not? Wars movie? I don't think there's a Star Wars movie coming okay, out. Okay, that's what I'm aware of. They're yeah. talking about they're talking about resurrecting the the last trilogy and and making a Ray uh, movie as yeah. episode ten, I guess is what they're going to call it. But you know, a follow up to the last trilogy. But I don't know that they've announced anything about that yet. No, no. But they have the Mandalorian yeah. movie. That's and, and, the, and JP, you have to understand that this last trilogy that we all had to suffer through so horribly <laughs> was basically because they had no – the movies weren't written at the same time. Like, you had different directors and writers coming in and changing things. We had this director oh, for this movie. And then That's the, a recipe he for a disaster. Fired or quit the next movie, and they did, he didn't like the direction that director was going. So he oh. literally changes the storyline here. And then the third movie, the same thing. You're like, well, we don't really like that where that storyline was going, so we're going to go this way. And none of them made sense. They weren't cohesive. They were just bad. It's, oh, it's it, unfortunate. And that happened to Solo. Right. They had to change directors yeah. three quarters of the way through the movie. Ron Howard yeah. had to come in and try and save it as yeah. much as he could. And even that one was kind of. Eh. But yeah. you know what? Rogue One might be the best Star Wars movie. Loved it. Yep, Great might be movie. the best. Great storytelling. Everything. Awesome movie. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy that one. To be, and I like the Mandalorian, too. I, I will continue to watch that. When does it, that season start again? I don't even think they started filming no. season four yet. Maybe they maybe they're going to go to the movie and then go after that. Hey, Pedro uh, Pascal is very popular these days. It's hard, he's hard yeah. to pin down. Oh, I got you. Okay. All right. Well, you and Grogu, um, have a great day and enjoy the weekend. Um, got his we name got right. Couple, you got it did, right? <laughs> I didn't say Baby Yoda. No. Grogu, uh, enjoy the day. Uh, and you'll be on this weekend, right? Uh, doing last, yep. last call, correct? Yeah, I'll be on with uh, Chief tomorrow on last call uh, after the Islanders game. And then uh, Johnny's back on, on Sunday. But I'll still be part of the broadcast, pregame intermissions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, 102.5 HD2, folks, where you can listen to this show each and every day. And then uh, we have Lightning Power Lunch coming up uh, right after us with uh, Greg Linelli and Dave Michigan. So check out the 102.5 HD2. Great, great content all the time. Lightning fans and uh, all sports fans. All right, Eric, thanks. Oh, tell us about lightninginsider.com as well, your website. Yeah, that's the website. Uh, you can see it right down there. Um, it's two plans. There's a yearly plan. There's a monthly plan. Uh, check it out. It's a way to support me, keep me in this game, so to speak, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's seven years I've been doing it. Uh, I wish it would grow some more. So uh, if you have any inclinations, please please give please us a subscription. Yeah. And uh, hey, guys, I enjoyed this conversation today. Good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always As fun. always, we, we love chat with you, my friend, all, all the time. Um, all right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, uh, get to a couple of Justin Fields. Where is he headed? Is it Steelers? Is it Falcons? We don't know. Could be some somewhere else. We'll talk about that. And uh, NIL coming to the state of Florida for high school kids. 
That's right, folks. NIL for high school kids. (laughs) He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. And you got to keep up with the Joneses, which is why we're doing it. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We are brought to you by Synovus Bank. They are the big bank with the local bank feel. Uh, Go see my good friend John Acosta over there uh, or anybody that works at Synovus. Uh, They've been in the business a long time here. Luckily, they will help you with your business banking or your personal banking, whatever you need. It's Synovus Bank, the big bank with a very, very local feel. Go to synovus.com to get the location near you. Back in three. Stay with us. Be here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-Jeeves. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The Jeeves Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888 Jeeves, that's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. JP here for the Geddes Gordon Real Estate Group and our good friend Jane Geddes. Folks, simply put, there is nobody like Jane. Jane is a former LPGA two-time major championship winner. She was also vice president of talent relations at WWE. She also has a law degree from Stetson. So if Jane can drain a 10-footer to win the U.S. Open and stare down Hulk Hogan in the boardroom, You want Jane on your real estate team to not only negotiate the best deal, but find you the perfect home or investment property. And when you work with the Geddes Gordon Group, you become part of the real estate family and get concierge services that include expertly staging marketing and preparing your home for sale. Advice on golf properties. You might even get some golf tips. Many of their clients become friends long after the sale or purchase is completed. It's all part of the deal. So if you're looking for that perfect home or investment property or trying to get top dollar for your home, go with Jane Geddes and the Geddes Gordon Group because there's nobody like Jane. Call 813-485-6808 or go to geddesgordon.kw.com. That's G-E-D-D-E-S gordon.kw.com or call 813-485-6808. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again. Once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rates, so I called Charity at Italiano Insurance, and she stayed till 9.30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work. She did. Saved me $1,000 on my annual premium, $1,000, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance. Great customer service. And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up, 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're gonna get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. It will save you money and keep you insured properly. 
That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community have been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance, 813-877-7799. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.C. Peterson Show here. As um, we get into some NFL offseason talk, get to the comments as well. Thank you guys for jumping in here. Whether you're listening on 102.5 HD2, this night, we're back on the radio. Great station, by the way. Lock that thing in. Steve Bursnick gives you a little lightning morning update uh, every day. We have the live show coming up after us at noon to one with Lightning Power Lunch. Uh, Greg Manelli, Dave Michigan. Our show is live from 10 to 12. And a lot of other great content. Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Chief Bobby the Chief Taylor, another podcast that we uh, play from time to time. So check it out. Uh, lock it in 102.5 HD2 on your radio. So, JP, I got a little bit of breaking news here. Uh, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times reports that this morning the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield have begun contract discussions. Yeah, I saw that. I was just reading that that story. Um, it really is not breaking news at all. I know. It's, it's not breaking news. <laughs> but they, they always come out, breaking news! I and mean, I'm yeah. like, okay, all right, there here were, we go. They were new, they're going to talk. Right. That's the breaking news. They're going to talk. Not, no, no disrespect to Rick. I'm not, he didn't. No, he and didn't, by the way, he didn't Rick, throw it Rick, out there as breaking news. Rick is not the one that said it was breaking news. No, that was you. Mike Florio Mike. said it was breaking news. You know, it's funny because I'm reading it. I saw it pop up on the Times website, yep. and I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be like big news, like breaking news. It's not <laughs> breaking news. It's like, yeah, eventually they were going to talk. Right. And they have been talking, by the way. They right. started these talks a while ago. I know that for a fact, um, you know, but very preliminary. I think the Bucs wanted to get something done during the season, but I think, you know, Baker Mayfield was like, ah, we're good. You know, let's see how this plays out. Do you, wonder if, do you wonder if Baker and Evans are both like, look, I'll come back if he comes back. Yeah, of course. And now of they've course. got to work out deals for both of them now. Look, it, it, this is all a matter of want to. Sure. If we're, if we're being honest about this, this is a matter of want to. And it's a matter of relationships. The Bucks have enough money to get both deals done. Um, but it's a matter of what, you know, how how desperate are the Bucks to keep both of these guys? How much money are their agents going to demand? Right. You know, and I think it's a very interesting situation because you've got suitors, obviously, for both. Yeah. Uh, and in, in Rick's piece, he mentions the uh the Patriots will be a suitor for Baker Mayfield because, um, as he writes, one team that has been reported as a possible suitor is the Patriots. Many members of their organization, including Director of Scouting Elliot Wolf, Front Office Executive Alonzo Highsmith, Offensive Coordinator Alex Van Pelt, and QB Coach T.C. McCartney, once worked for the Browns and like Mayfield. So a lot of connections there. Um, you have some connections in Atlanta. Uh, which we'll talk about Justin Fields here in just a second, where I think Baker, you know, the offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, worked with Baker and with the Rams. And obviously, Raheem Morris did as well, was there when Baker played for the five five weeks. So there's there's familiarity there. I believe there's trust. There's probably a great relationship. Um, where else would Baker, Baker could go to the Steelers? You know, that's a, you know, obviously familiar with the division. They're familiar with him. Man, they're um, in he, trouble too. Yeah, and it seems like he. I think I think he would. You know, I'm not pushing him there, 
but I think he would be a good fit in Pittsburgh, just in that division. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin and Baker seem to be uh, very in, in sync in the terms of their personalities, high intensity, high in competitiveness. So that that all these places are pos- a possible landing spots. But I think Baker wants to stay here. He said that he wants to stay here. Liam Cohen, I mean, if you saw when Liam Cohen and Baker, you know, they, the Bucks put out a little video when they first saw each other at the facility. I mean, it was like the bro hug, the whole like they, you know, they've been boys for, you know, because they know each other well, but it was like the whole thing. And it was, I mean, if you're reading between the lines, it's like, yeah, you're here because I'm here. We're going to get the deal done. And it, look, it would just be silly. It would be silly for Baker Mayfield to go someplace else. You know, we did this the analogy the other day of the of the hot girl, you know, and, and and you've been dating around and you got dumped by three, you know, mediocre chicks. And then, you know, uh, a pretty um who's who's this singer? Um oh god, his story, the um Jelly Roll, right? Do you know his story? I don't know that I know who that is. You don't know Jelly Roll? So he's this this great country singer. And he was, his life was a mess, like a, like a tremendous mess. And this, you know, professional woman, uh, very well-to-do um, woman saw him perform and was like, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to find out about this guy and like, I'm going to make him a star. And she kind of took him under his wing. It's kind of simplifying the story and said, you know, and they're together and brought him along. And, and now he's, you know, he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Baker's kind of the same way. He was dumped by, you know, some really ugly check right and, you know and 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 now here comes the the bucks we're stable we you know we look good in a bikini we're we're you know we're pretty hot we're, we're a solid eight you know we've won the super bowls recently you know so we love you you come let let's do this together why would you run away from that you know i mean yeah some of these other girls are shaking their their tush and they look good but you know you don't know what's under that skirt you yeah. especially this day and age you have no idea what's under that skirt so you why only one you, way to find out. And, <laughs> why would you go for the unknown when you got this right here? You love everybody you work with. You, they just brought in they hand you handpicked your offensive coordinator. You love the receivers. You love you love everything about Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay loves you. My God, we have embraced him. Why? I mean, he's he's a smart cat. He knows where it, it, you're going to go chase a couple extra million dollars to the unknowns. He's not going to do that. I'm not saying he's given the Bucks some huge uh, hometown discount, but I would expect it to be a little bit, you know, maybe le- a little bit less than 30 million or around 30 million um, in a very, you know, oh, wow. yeah, I, I, that's where I'm, I'm thinking this, this contract is going And for a, for a starting experienced quarterback, as good as he was last year, I think that's fair for both sides. One year deal, two year deal. What do you think? I think it's a three year deal. Oh, wow. I think it's a three year deal with, um, probably 80 to to 100 million guaranteed and i i think that's i think that's something that certainly he could live with i mean you, you could do worse especially in the situation oh, yeah. he was freaking almost out of football yeah. you know at the end of last year you know so i think that's something that he would love it, it leaves money on the table to sign mike and get antoine done and get tristan worst done and every because the salary cap's going up to 250 so that's i mean i think this is a matter of want to for everyone involved mike do you want to be here Okay, so you're going to make three or four million less than you would in Houston. You want to you know, uproot your your family, you know, uh, all that stuff. You really want to do that? I know he has a home in Galveston as well, but um, do you really want to do that? Uh, you got, you know, your quarter. You know, I know C.J. Stroud looks good too, but you know, 
you you don't know who how that all that how you're going to fit into that offense all that stuff you just never know you know what you have here so i just think it all gets done um you know i could be wrong but i think i think the bucks are 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 smart enough to know that they got something good um they want to invest in mike evans they want to invest in baker mayfield and keep it going uh, yeah, I mean bring- that would send a send a message to the fans, right? Too yes. like if you bring them both back, and it's going to cost you some money. Yeah. Um, per your numbers here, we're talking fifty million dollars annually for both of them to stay on yep. the team. But that's yep. a good investment, right? That's a good investment. Which, from a cap hit standpoint, you you do the voidable years. You're yeah. looking at probably you know thirty five to forty million in cap yeah. hit, yeah. which is not you know with the two hundred fifty million dollar payroll to have a number one receiver, a dominant receiver, and a quarterback. At that number, which is less than a lot of just quarterbacks mm-hmm. in this league, you know, you're you're doing all right. You're doing pretty. I mean, that's that's good. And you can get everybody else signed, and you can continue with a winning atmosphere. All that stuff continues. If you're the Bucks, you want to. And, and by the way, let's not forget the the Glazers are flush with cash right now. They just got a 1.5 billion dollar investment in Manchester United, so they are you know in terms of. Um, they're doing all right. They they have no qualms about bonus money or any of that stuff and investment into the team. There and, and and I believe you know the 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 Bucks become more of a singular focus for them as well. So they don't want to. I mean, think about this. You want to become an also ran, you know, and you want you want to say no to Mike right. Evans and no to Baker Mayfield and right. just then where are you? You're going into a draft. You're you're picking twenty sixth. You got it now. You got to move up. Um, you know, you don't want to give up draft capital that you're going to have to move up to because you need you got to fill holes on this team. No, I mean this is you spend the money, you you kick some of the, the can down the road as much as you can. You, I think you can get Winfield, Werfs, Baker, Evans. Uh, you can and then hopefully franchise your kicker McLaughlin because you because you got a long term deal with Antoine Winfield, and you can bring back Levante David. I think as well. So. I I think that's that's what you want to do if you're Jason Light, and I think all the guys. And here's a good good thing, you've got relationships between Mike Evans and Baker and Levante and Antoine. These guys want to be together. They want to build something here. You know, this is not you know with all due respect, cowboy situation where Micah Parsons is you know going off on freaking every show he can go off on. I don't know what the hell that what's going on there. He's just a kid. Remember, he's still just a kid. I know, I know, but you just, we don't have that drama. We don't have any of that drama. We don't need it. Don't have it. Don't want it. And none of these guys do either. They want it. They're, they're football oriented guys. They want they and they know, yeah, the, you can get up some more green. There's greener pastures out there, but you know, is, is it really greener? You don't know. You don't know what's on the other side. So yeah. I, I, I sense that Jason light in this organization, especially the Glazers are committed to get this stuff done. And, um, and I think they can get it all done. I expect them all. I expect them all back. Could be wrong, but so you said you said Baker, you know, for he'd stay if it was just a matter of a couple of million dollars, he'd stay in Tampa rather than going, I don't know, oh, to yeah. Atlanta or Denver. Yeah. Where, what do you think the number is though for him in his mind? Is it is it an additional five million a year over three years? You think he'd go somewhere else or seven to ten? Like, I mean, because you know, there's a chance. I, I think you got to get to seven to ten more okay. a year. I think I, if, I think if the Bucks are that. guaranteeing you ninety. I think somebody's going to have to guarantee you 120. I don't right. see anybody doing that for Baker Mayfield. I mean, I love no, Baker, but no. I mean, we're we're getting into ridiculousness here, you know. Right. right. And he, and it, by the way, he's not the only quarterback on the market. No, he's not the only quarterback on the market. And if if for, if 
if Baker's agent, now here's the other thing, Baker's agent, Tom Mills. Okay. Tom Mills is not, you know, a Scott Boris. He's not, I'm trying to think of the agent that has most of the quarterbacks. It used to be Lee Steinberg. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I forget who it is now, but he's not, he's not a grizzled, you know, veteran NFL quarterback agent who's, who's sole reputation is posting the biggest numbers he could possibly get for his client. And that's what he's solely focused on. Like a Boris, uh, like a Rosenhaus, like some of these others where it's just, it's, it's more about the agent than it is about the player. And the agent is all about money, 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 money's the most important thing. Don't worry about your situation. They are going to tell you that they want a hometown to, you know, th- this, I don't get that Tom Mills is that kind of guy. I think that Tom Mills is probably an agent that is, uh, that is more responsive to his uh, client. And I think that's why Baker Mayfield has him quite frankly, yeah. And if you wanted to just go for the money, you would probably go with some other CAA or some other agency, right? If you were yeah. just looking to, to max out money, he's not doing that. So I think it's going to be a fair deal. I don't think it's going to be a break the bank deal. I think it's going to be a deal where we will sit here and say, you know, Baker Mayfield left some money on the table for Mike Evans, and that makes him look great. And, right. that, and, and that's because that's who he is. It doesn't make him look great. It is great because that's right. who he is. Um. And that's who Mike is. And I think Mike will leave a few million on the table to stay here. Not, not, not a ton, but I think, I think, I think Houston has to outbid the bucks by 5 million per a year. And I think, I think five to 7 million a year. Uh, and I think the same for anybody that's coming after bake right. because of no taxes for the most part. Of course, Texas doesn't have it either. Right. Sure. Uh, but um, some other places do new England, yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. Uh, California. So yeah, I think there's differences there. But in the end, I, that's why I think they all come back. You know, and I was back. I was sitting there thinking about Baker Mayfield. I'm like, man, all the places he's been, his career was kind of going the way of like I was I was trying to think like Sam Bradford, right? Like right. just never exactly. really clicked anywhere. He was a lot of different stops. And then I was sitting there thinking, man, you know, this might be Baker's last shot at like a big deal. You know, he's it probably is. getting up there in age. I just read that he's only 28 years old still, JP. Yeah. I had no idea he was only 28 still. It seems like he's yeah. been in the league for 10 years. But I still think this is going to be his last big contract. Well, I mean, if he if he signs a three-year deal in Tampa and they get close, win a couple of playoff games over those three years, yeah, there's that's a chance. True. I mean, he's only going to be 31. Right. There's a chance he can get another big deal if things go well. In t- now, I don't think if things go south in Tampa that another team will give him a big contract. No. I think no. this is it. He, no. He's got to hit in Tampa to get another contract to stay there after whatever this deal is. Yeah, and, well, my, my my comp on him is Kirk Cousins. You know, um, he, he bet on himself like Kirk did in, yeah. in, in the franchise tag. He performed, and I think Bake will keep performing like Kirk Cousins does. I think he's a 28 to 30 touchdown, 10 interception guy, 4,000 yards. I think that's who he is. You can win with that, obviously. You can win with that. Can you win the big show with it? We'll see. You know, there's a lot that goes into that, obviously, and, and having a Pat Mahomes that performs in the moment. But here's something about Baker that you also saw. He knows how to win games. He knows how to win in the two minute. He knows how he knows how to make plays. That is a huge deal in this game. That's what makes Pat Mahomes so special. Yeah. That's what made Brady so special. How do you perform in the big moments? We saw comeback after comeback after comeback. Right. What did he have? three fourth quarter comebacks in this season and had another one in Houston that the defense gave up. So when, when asked to win games, Baker Mayfield has done it and he's, he's done it in, 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 in pressure situations. So 
that's a huge feather in his cap. And that's one of the reasons you got to bring him back because you can have all the ability in the world. You can have Caleb Williams ability. You can have Drake may ability, but what does that guy do when all that, when those 34 year old guys in the huddle are looking at you going, all right, we got minute 40, you got a timeout and we need, we need seven. Let, what do you got there, kid? You know, what's between what's what you got under that skirt? Yeah. Look how many guys <laughs> came out of college that all had that ability. Right. That failed miserably because exactly. they didn't have the mindset. And Baker's yeah, proven he has the mindset and the ability. Yeah. Exactly. So there you You've go. seen it. It's proven. It's not, yeah. you know, we think Caleb Williams could do it. We think Drake May can do it. We think Jaden Daniels can do it. We think Justin Herbert can do it. They ain't seen it. Hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. So we think I've seen it with Baker Mayfield. He knows how to win games in the fourth quarter. He knows how to make plays, big throws at big moments. Yep. Um, you know, he's also threw an interception at a big moment, too. But that's a little bit. But you part know of what it. all those gunslinger type guys have, right? It's gonna happen. Sarve, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, yeah. Steve Young. They've all, all done. those guys. Tom Brady. You if you've been a winner interceptions in big yeah. games. Yeah, it happens. And you you know, and and, and you got to be willing to do it too. Yeah. And sometimes guys aren't Aaron Rodgers. And, exactly. and you don't, you know, get the opportunity. So, all right, partner, good stuff. Uh, appreciate you as always. Great conversations today. Big Perfect. thanks to uh, Doug Wechter who joined us in our first hour, Eric Erlinson, Star Wars and lightning expert. If you missed that, you got to go check that out. That with go group. Good the, stuff. Was, did I get that right? Grogu. Go, go, not go. I said, go group. Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. I was missing up my groots with my go group. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Proud of you, though, for getting it right. Yeah, there, sometimes I do it on purpose. Uh, so uh, check us out at 102.5 HD2 on the FM dial there. Also, Apple and Spotify, please subscribe, and you can listen to it anytime as a podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go Bolts, and we'll talk to you on Monday.